0: Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast with me, Marion Ellis, a chartered surveyor, coach, business mentor, and founder of the Surveyor Hub community. Each week on this podcast, I speak to surveyors and people in the industry about their careers, business journeys, and day to day work. Listen to their real life stories, step into their shoes, and leave feeling connected to the conversation. So today I'm speaking to Rebecca Lovelace from Building People. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Marion, thank you for having me. Yeah, good, really good to speak to you. Now, we've met a couple of times at a few different industry events. I think we were at the uh, NOWIC, uh Women's Conference a couple of years ago, where I think we were both speakers or on a panel. And
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: we've met at some construction type forums, I'm trying to think now. Me- meeting up face-to-face seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> doesn't it, given everything that's uh, happened in the last year. But um, for those of you who haven't, for the listeners who haven't heard of Building People and, and you, Rebecca, could you just introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've got to say, I've had you in my sights quite a while now uh, because <laughs> I'm a firm believer that there is so much happening across the sector and, and purposefully I talk about the built environment rather than just construction. And I see my role in Building People's role is, is to, you know, to amplify the voices, of all those already Deliver So, you, you, you're fine. I'm really looking forward to this because I think we're going to end up with a bit of a plan after this conversation. And so, Rebecca Lovelace, I took the title Chief Doc Joiner really tongue in cheek uh, for two reasons. One, um, I don't have a business background, and the thought of calling myself Chief Executive Officer sounded terribly grown up and not really the sort of person that I am. But also, it, it's just the very simple point that all we need to do is join up the fragmented activity. When I'm talking about activities within the skills space, the equality, diversity, inclusion, and the social space. So um, I took the title Chief Doctor, joined building people. I've been in industry for terrifyingly for 20 years now. Started off, I think, maybe like many people, but quite accidentally. So my background is... In I knew
0: business. it. Honestly, Rebecca, everyone says they fell into this industry. Yeah. Well, do you know, I've I've had...
1: In imposter syndrome, I felt like a fraud for probably about the first 18 years because I, I came from the homelessness and international humanitarian aid world. And I wanted to go and work for Oxfam or Médecins um, Sans Frontières, you know, Amnesty, that sort of thing. But I, I realised I couldn't do that unless I had an internship, which I, I couldn't afford to do. And I got um, a temp job working for what was then called Bovis, obviously now Lend and my, my agency rang up to say we've got you the most wonderful job, Rebecca, site secretary on a construction project. And I thought, ooh, porter cabins, porn, dirt. I mean, honestly, that was what I thought—the the cliche stereotype. And I rocked up to Patmos Square in this incredibly swanky building and saw a whole different world. And, and that was the beginning of the journey. And I ended up working for LendLease doing a community development role for seven years. I, I co-founded On Site, which is their not-for-profit focus on ex-offenders into construction jobs. Then um, took redundancy after my second child was born and set up my own business without really believing that um, I was the sort of person that had my own business <laughs> But somehow that really took off and I found myself working with developers, with contractors, with charities and local authorities. And everything was focused on creating the connections between communities and construction, the language I was using then. Um, And I'm giving you a bit of a long story here, but, you know, hey, why not? (laughs) And um, and then what I did is I realised that to really do something significant, I needed to bring together various, um, all all different elements of the supply chain. And I had this idea that I realised I wasn't the first to have it, but it was about people leaving young forces. And there were many people leaving young forces. And there's an industry desperately crying out with skill shortages. Why don't we create something? So that became Force, which is um, now had its 10-year anniversary. And it was when I was on the board for Force that I was tasked with looking at its sustainability agenda. And I had this epiphany, which is a word I, I really don't ever use, but it was if Force were to become this fantastic platform that connects ex-military to mentors and to jobs and to training, brilliant. But what about refugees? What about women? What about the AME people and LGBTQ plus people? Because all of these organisations and activities exist. They're not joined up. So that was where Building People started. And I can happily talk for hours about Building People, but I probably should give you a chance to say something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you pause for some breath. Uh, because there's a few things that I um, uh, that I want to ask you about, and just starting off with, you talked about um, you know you don't call yourself CEO, and you mentioned imposter syndrome. I come across so many people. I mean, I have that myself, I, you know, okay, yes, I run a podcast and I, you know, post on social media, but we all have levels of, of of confidence. But tell me more about that, about why you didn't want to call yourself the the boss. I mean, I mean, I love the title chief dot joiner. <laughs> that's very creative. When, and, it, and it works. People remember it and people realise
1: yeah, that's actually the purpose that I'm trying to achieve um, is quite simply to connect um, what sort of exists. I, I would say... So, part of it was working in an industry where I didn't have a trade or a profession. So, I felt quite fraudulent at Lendly. So, I was a, you know, a community development manager, but people didn't quite get it. So, this was in the days when environmental sustainability was taking off and we'd had the whole um, instant injury free and the emphasis on you know, safety on site. So, nobody really got the whole idea around diversity and communities and engaging with people. And because I didn't have I suppose anything that I felt was legitimate um, to bring to that story, apart from my own lived experience, you know, and, and I've only got experience that sort of works with me as a, a straight white woman of a certain age, um, with more grey hair than I, I certainly used to have. So I'd say the imposter syndrome lasted. And I can actually probably put I can probably put um a date on it, actually, Marion, because when I met you, it was it was the um National Association of Women in Construction Conference. And I stood on stage um, and I thought I'd be a bit cheeky. And I said, you know, today I'm, I'm going to talk about the C word. And the audience was slightly froze. And I nice, said, you know, mm. collaboration. And there were these women sitting at the front. And I, I spoke to them afterwards. I loved them because they sat there and they smiled and they kind of put their thumbs up and they really engaged with what I was, taught, what I was saying. And I looked out and I realised, you know what? The audience was 99 percent women when I spoke, and I actually felt comfortable. I felt confident. I felt listened to, and I realised that um, part of this, I think, and I, you know, I, I could talk to you about sort of the, the, the many therapeutic conversations I've had in my own head, and I'm, I'm not going to sort of go back to childhood et cetera, But it took me. I got a master's in urban regeneration, so I thought actually I, I do have some confidence, sort of confidence here. But I think it took that event. Where I realized that I was putting this fear on myself because the industry is made up of men and I didn't fit in and I was listening to that negativity rather than all of that support that was just waiting for me to, I suppose, be open to it. So, so I think actually I hadn't realized that until talking to you. Now I hadn't realized I think it's that event. And then it was with building people. It's been such a battle and it still is a battle to be listened to because the industry has this, this really it's not even a glass ceiling. It's got an absolute barrier whereby it's so top-down in terms of change. It's driven mm. by the top, so it's run by the top. And through that, I felt that I wasn't one of them until I suddenly realised, thought, you know, I've been in this for 20 years and what I do is so niche. I don't know anybody else that does what I do. So actually, I think I feel confident and comfortable saying that I do know what I'm talking about. So yeah, it's taken a long time, but I, I, I actually think... I've passed it, although it's taken me
0: too many years. So here's the really good thing: is for listeners that Nowick event was filmed and it's available. So I will put a link into the show notes so everybody can see you give, giving your 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 talk and you having this moment. I have to say that was a great event that was organized by Nowick and Rosemary Silver and the, the, the ladies there who were, who were in that London branch for a number of reasons. Firstly, it was held at RICS at Great George Street. I've never attended a woman-only event there at all. I was there to uh, give a, a small introduction and I can't believe I talked about, well, well I, I compared the experience of, um, of being there with uh, you know the Spice Girls video. <laughs> the first one, wannabe, and running around the uh, the, hou- the, uh, the house. Uh, you'll have to watch the video to see how I totally fluffed that. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I was on a uh, hosted a panel there. It was a really nice event, and we don't have enough of these events. And I've been speaking to a number of people lately about why there isn't a women's group for surveyors. Now, I hosted a uh, women uh, in surveying virtual summit a couple of years ago which was essentially a series of videos and me chatting to people about, you know, what it was like to be a female surveyor, but I bought womeninsurveying.com for 99p off GoDaddy, which says a lot to me about the value the industry places on women's groups. And it's something that splits opinion of do we have lots of different groups or should we be talking about being inclusive and, and pulling, you know, everybody together For me, the difference came when I started to talk about, it. you know, uh, it's okay to be a woman. And I will frequently talk about my menopause, my childbirth years, you know, how hard I found it uh, at different times. And I found the more that I did that, particularly when I did this through the summit, uh, the more I did that, the more I opened up. And it was quite a cathartic process for me to do at the time, but women came to me and with Mm. shared experiences, and I didn't feel alone. So the more that we open up to our vulnerabilities about imposter syndrome or whatever's going on for us, the more it becomes out in the open and it doesn't become a big dirty secret. And what I found most inspiring was when I started to talk about the menopause and opened the door was that men reached out to me and said, thank you for sharing that. My wife has been struggling with the menopause and so have I. You know, in terms of the, the context and the, and, and the family home and as a, as a partner. And I think the more that we, we open up and talk about these things and normalize it, the more it gives permission for men to engage with it. And and, mm. and to be part of it, and to help people, just it just it just needs to be uh, to be normalised. But I do think there needs to be more women's events. I think it's a bit debatable, or there needs to be a debate of does there needs to be a more formal women's group with RICS. I'm sure that's something that will come out of the defining our future consultation yeah. which RICS is um is doing. But there's something very powerful about setting up groups and initiatives. And and you've mentioned three, you know, we'll talk about building people shortly, but you mentioned build force and there was another one beyond Beyond Site. Yeah. And for me with women in surveying and actually the surveyor hub that I set up. And I call myself the founder of the Surveyor Hub because I wear different hats and it's quite hard to explain what you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So but but setting up those initiatives, I never thought I'd ever do anything like that. But it just feels like the next thing to do. And why wouldn't you? You know, if you if you've got some tools and some encouragement and you know, I mean the women is surveying some, it didn't cost me anything. Didn't cost me anything really, you know, just a, a couple of quid to by a domain name I mean, I've redirected it now because the video is a little bit out of date but it just took a little bit of my time and it but it's that like, why wouldn't you but tell me about your experience of setting up those things
1: it's similar um and actually I so I'm, I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment because where it came with building people was I'd been working with a, another network and I'd have this this idea about if we could connect those coming out of study with on site and we secured a a big lump of cash to make it work but the network turned out to be not the most supportive um, of environments and um, I ended up choosing to leave and that's a whole other story and what I decided to do and I I went out to had tacos um, with the wonderful Shanaz Chenya she's the chief exec of Leithville Ventures and she wasn't at that point, she was working for saint And I saw her as a potential client. So we met up, you know, met up for tacos. And I was just saying, you know, what the industry needs is, um, you know, just needs one place where people that are looking for mentoring, they're looking for a bursary, they want training, they're, they're looking for a work experience. They can go to one place, but find this multitude of opportunities out there. And she said, well, you know, why didn't you do it? Um, And I replied um in a, Probably a, a, a words that I wouldn't use publicly, which are along the lines of "Of course I will," and I thought, actually, why not? So I just finished a, a, a good piece of consultancy. So I had a bit in the bank. So I put my business on hold, and I, I went and I spoke to everybody I knew. So pretty much most of 2017, I, I partnered with Ernst and Young. I went to talk to CITB in June 2017 and I was with um, the amazing Amanda Clack, who was then president of RSCS, um, as well as David Fries, who was then the chief exec of the um, Finches and Interior sector, and said to CITB, look, why don't we do this? Why don't we do it together? And, and the answer then from CITB was, they'll be doing their own version. No, thank you. And, and you know, we're still talking to CITB about how we can potentially collaborate um, four years down the line. But um what it led to, and this is, I think, for me, a very interesting observation, was that everybody said, we love it, great idea. However, we pay our levy to CITB, therefore we can't fund it, or we pay our membership fee to Build UK, and they should be doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But go away, build it, come back. And so... I was you know, we were fortunate um, secured the funding from our three founding partners and um, University College of Estate Management, Worshipful Company of Chartered Surveyors and the CSTT, Chartered Surveyors Training Trust. Hence, obviously, the surveying connection and um, building people was formed. And so I, I sort of did it because... The imposter syndrome is starting to go. And I realised that nobody else is actually doing it because everybody has their own, and I will say parochial, but they have their own particular interest. This is my trade. This is my profession. And we need a really holistic built environment approach. And within construction, we have the Construction Leadership Council, the Construction Industry Training Board. And nobody seems to be taking this really holistic view. So I I formed Building People. And the, the challenge I've come to is that I'm not a business person yet. I am the opposite of you, Maren. Give me a spreadsheet. I pass out with absolute fear and loathing. I do not like numbers. I love words. And I'm at my happiest when I'm spotting gaps, connecting people, you know, making these observations, doing this big strategic thinking. So my, so my big crossroads now is I seem to have created um, a business where, whereas I never planned to be running a business. I planned to be making enough prodding and poking going on that somebody would say, oh yeah, yeah we'll do it. So I, I get the absolute drive to want to do enable change. And for me now, what we've created, we've created a movement, which is why you know, we're looking for people to come on board and grow this with us. A bit like with what you've done. Yeah, I'm sure you know, your door is wide open to anybody that wants to come and partner with you and grow it with you, And it's part of your rationale mind building people. That was a really long answer. And I know your question was about sort of the journey, but um, it's so frustrating, isn't it, to have a bright idea and be supported but not quite supported enough To really make the success you want to achieve, we're still aiming for that.
0: Mm, And but you know, if we don't have these ideas and we don't have these radical people out there putting themselves in front of some of these initiatives, then things don't happen. And yes, you know, the stars align, circumstances allowed for me to to take on my initiatives. Sounds like it was it was similar uh, for you. But uh, I don't know. there's, There's a few things there to for me to think about. Firstly, when we talk about putting ourselves out there something that comes to mind have you ever heard of the dancing guy no There's a youtube clip clip i'll, I'll stick it in the um, and i think there was a famous ted talk about it i'll stick it in the show notes for anybody who's uh, who's listening and it it's a, just a couple of minutes clip of um some random guy clearly off his head with alcohol and substances perhaps but he's in a he's at a festival and he just starts dancing and it's random, all over the place dancing. And there's a narrator, a commentary, someone talking about, you know, he's out there, this lone person dancing away. And he attracts his first followers. And the first followers it. come on and they and they they encourage him to dance and they get involved. And everybody's arms and legs are in the air. And you can imagine it, you know, in the sun in a festival. And once the first followers go, they start to encourage and pull other people up. And then it becomes a movement of people. Oh, I love dancing it! Away, you
1: know, yeah, that's exactly where we are. My, my absolute frustration has been, and the example I always use is if you go onto a search engine, you type in "women in construction," and, and I when and I haven't done this for since before Christmas, but when I last did this, it came up. I think it had like five entries. One was um, to um, I think women into construction organization. One was to an event. One was to a book. And one was to um to go construct, the so CITB's career platform, and one I forget what the other one was. And you then go on to, to go construct, and I think they listed about another nine organizations. You know, we've found over 70 organizations that do something with women in the built environment.
0: And, and that's which is crazy. Yeah, Absolutely it is. crazy.
1: Yeah. And they all operate, and- so they they try and collaborate, some do, some don't. Funding is a huge challenge, and we would be so much more powerful if we were all dancing to the same rhythm. I love that, that story. It, yeah,
0: it's cracking video and TED Talk as well. Yeah. You know. But you're <laughs> right, there are lots of different organisations out there. And that's in part why I didn't set out and didn't put, you know, I didn't create Women in Surveying as an organisation. For me, it was just a, a summit, this thing that I that I did at the time. And also because it's a responsibility when you put these things together, and there's expectations, and if there's, mm-hmm. you know, over seventy different women's group in the built environment, do you need another one? But then each of those groups represents a different sector, and I think it just goes to to demonstrate the diverse range of people and jobs and roles that we have within the sector. It is so diverse and people need to have that sense of belonging, but, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, As organizations to, to run their hard work, it's events, it's engagement, it's encouraging people to come on board, it's membership, how much do you pay? What do you get for your money? Is it worth it? You know, all of those things and it's invariably run by volunteers and it can be quite take quite a lot of, of time and how much do you mm. get back from it? But can we pull together for a common purpose? Exactly. But isn't that, you know, and as I say that, isn't that the same for sort of diversity and life itself at the moment? Can we all pull in the right direction? And how does that happen?
1: Well, yeah, and I think the challenge is, we're never going to stop people innovating and creating their own products and services. And we shouldn't. And and certainly and i think one of the, the most recent initiatives i found i think it's like you know, muslim women in rail i think was something like this or in engineering know, people will always want as you said that we need that sense of belonging we need to um, we need to create and to grow and so all of this is happening out there but it's not joined up it's not strategic and it's also it's not recognized and, and the numbers that you know that are supported from so it's within building people we we've created some six communities and these are audiences where we know there's activity taking place so audience um, organizations that work with women that work with bame people that work with ex-military lgbtq plus young people and ex-offenders we're hoping to create one focused on neurodiversity slash disability slash ability and what's really important is intersectionality which um, it was a relatively new concept to me just you know, sort of a year or so ago and, and this is what we don't want to do in Building People is to create a, right, you work with women, therefore you fit within this, this sort of this theme and you don't interact with the others. But of course, you know, you could be a a gay woman who's, you know, leaving the X forces that might have once been in prison, who is of colour and um, under 24. So it, it, you can't put these barriers up. So what we do within Building People is we we bring all of these organisations together and we've, we've, so far, we've identified about 300 um, and we have, 10%, well, over 10% that come together, quarterly meetings. And it's quite simple. We just say, right, you know, what are our key challenges? Number one, it's always funding. Uh, but you know, what is it we can achieve by coming together? And, and this is, this is, I think, the, these are the voices that aren't part of the narrative. They're all operating, but out there in the ether, rather than the support, the recognition. It's you know, CITB cut funding for uh, the diversity groups, um, Back last year, when the pandemic hit, I see why, but I I don't see how that actually is helping to bring more people into the industry and people that are diverse. So there's a real, for me, there's a real challenge about let's enable people to keep innovating, keep growing, but do it within a strategic movement, a collaborative movement for change. I have many little buzzwords I keep banging on about. (laughs) You'll hear them coming again. (laughs) Again.
0: (laughs) people have been listening to all my podcasts, they'll hear me repeat myself most of the time. So I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> Nothing wrong <more> with that. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's that. you're right. There's a lot of um, organisations out there who are quite frankly just trying to reinvent the wheel. Oh, yeah. And we could simplify things by pulling together. I mean, it just astounds me, the number of organisations. I mean, people listening to this podcast who... Might be new to the industry or not involved in all of these groups you've mentioned about twenty different groups already. We'll just put one link into building building people <laughs> instead of um, instead of all of them but there's there's so many and My experience of some of them is they're actually really competitive, really competitive, and sometimes can be quite derogatory about other groups and and what they're doing and missing the whole point of. Of, of why they're, they're there. And I don't know how you tackle that. One of my, my experience, I think of, um, of what I've looked to do with women in surveying and then also the surveyor hub is about empowerment. You know, I could have set up a women in surveying group. I didn't, and I don't want to. Um, the thoughts of another board and committee or council, I'm on the governing council for RICS and that's enough. You know, i to look at my my time. The thought of setting up another one, I just thought, oh, crikey, you know, do I need that? Do I want to do that? I'm not motivated by that. It, you know, and, and same with Surveyor Hub. You know, it's an inclusive community Facebook group where surveyors can talk about their day, the rough stuff and the tough stuff. And we have a few group rules. But out of that, there could have been lots of things. We could have really sold them products we could have had lots of restrictions on on different things, but I'd rather empower people, you know, to go ahead. And I suppose a bit like the dancing guy with the first followers and encouraging people, I, you know, what makes my heart sing is when I see women going out there and organising their own little get-togethers. You know, it doesn't have to be a formal committee, you know, or whatever, but, you know, just, just have it, having the initiative to go out and connect with people same yeah. with the, the, the surveyor hub, um the masterminds that I run, you know, there's been small little offshoot peer-to-peer groups that have that have set up, and people have set up themselves. And that's fine because for me it shows that it's worked, the work that I've been doing to empower people to go ahead, take the initiative, yeah. reinvent the wheel, help each other, and people know where I am if they want help with creating things like that. And I'm there as a sounding board and recognizing how much energy I have got to create things and do things. And same for you, you know, you can't, we can't control all, all of these things. And so empowering people to make choices and to feel confident enough to go ahead and do things is really important.
1: It is, it is. and uh, It's interesting. So I've, and I, I mentioned Earth, this last week has come, I think quite a big crossroads for me um, because we launched building people at UK Construction Week, that was October last year. And the idea is, if you imagine a sort of a, a right move slash Amazon slash LinkedIn, it should just be a, one place you type in, as I say, uh, I want uh, work experience, I want um, a job, et cetera. I can just hear the recycling is coming, so it's going to be a bit beeping loud. That just adds <laughs> the flavour of, of the recording. Um,
0: well, we're, taking, we're, uh, we're taking all those lockdown wine bottles away now. We'll hear the clink, not we'll we? yeah. <laughs>
1: um, But within this, I'm just hoping you can still hear me okay. We we created it and it's it actually it's there. So all the building people is it's two things. One it's a platform, so it's this collaborative space. Everybody says we must collaborate. So we've you know we've done a, a nice round table and had a workshop and produced a publication and here it is. Let's collaborate. Whereas we've said we have created practical functionality you can use. So go on to Building People and find the organisations and initiatives that can help, you know, the 300 organisations. Go on to Building People find content relating to equality, diversity, inclusion, social value skills. Find relevant events and activities. Find work opportunities for work experience and jobs. Find resources. And and I, I think... At some points, yeah, you know, I do have to accept I, I do have this sort of this figurehead role and this executive decision-making capabilities, despite the fact we have a board. And I think we're now in a position where actually we've we've pretty much created the end product. Um yeah, other than finding half a million quid down the back of the sofa to make it as wizzy as we'd like, it, it does absolutely work. And it can be self sustaining. I got diagnosed with ME um, a couple of years ago, and I've had it for years, but I just didn't know what it was. I mean, back and forth, the doctor trying to find out, you know, why am I always so tired? What is this? And I got the diagnosis, and I've spent all this time trying to fill, you know, find out what, you know, what is it? How can I fix it? What can I do? So I, you know, I'm going from gut health to therapy to mindfulness to lying on pointy yoga mats that rather hurt. So the reason I'm saying all of this is, it's talking about the energy to drive and sustain this. And, and, and I, I've been having a real sort of blip this past week where I felt really, really struggling with the energy because it takes so much energy to power something. And the point we're at now is if people really do want to collaborate, then use building people. Just It's free. Just go on. Add. This is my vacancy. This is my job. You know This is my event. These are my resources. Put it there and to share it. And, and I have to make a big decision, which is, do I continue trying to drive this tiny startup made up of volunteers and part-time people who are all passionate about change and and keep battling the big boys and the other boys at the top to say, my point is, if every one of the 200 professional bodies and trade associations I wrote to, they all gave us a £1,000, we'd be home dry. We'd then be able to have a truly... It's a sustainable model that is for industry and by industry to quote you yeah. citb so i think your point about having the energy do you know do we decide to go from a small scale initiative which is completely manageable um, which is maybe a meeting for the pub or to formalize something or to really trying to make a big change but then we recognize the impact that has on our health on our family um and then those big decisions have to be made So I'm I'm confident where we are is this amazing opportunity, but I really hear what you're saying about the importance of having the energy to keep drying it through. and, And then not being defined by, I have a chronic health condition or I am not a chief executive or I am whatever I am, but I'm passionate about just enabling people to change because it's easy to do, just have to join it together.
0: When you have a purpose, and i i coach people on this through in part through the mastermind or through the one-to-one coaching that i do of understanding you know what's your values what's your purpose why do you do what you do why do you become a surveyor why 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 are you so driven rebecca you know to create and pull these things together and it's it can give you the a real motivation when you get clear on it a real motivation to get out of bed And do the work when you just don't feel like it physically. But if we're not on top of our game physically and we haven't got our foundations right, then that shows in our business. You know, it shows in our work. And that can be really, that can be really hard. And that can be everything from, surveyors doing their their day-to-day jobs to you or me trying to create movements and and initiatives and to carry on dancing like crazy ladies (laughs) going forward, you know. And so well-being is absolutely fundamental. And for me, everything that I do, my friend Kate Taylor will say health is wealth and health has got to be an absolute foundation. But you know, I, mean, I absolutely, I mean, I don't have a health condition or anything like that. I actually admire how much you've been able to achieve and, and pull to, pull together with, with the resources that you have. And you're right, the next stage is, well, how do you engage people? How do you bring people on board? How do they uh, understand the story? And perhaps- You know, yes, you've concentrated on all the different organizations and pulling those together, but perhaps the next stage is to speak to the small businesses out there who have vacancies, to the recruitment people, you know, who can use the platform to spread the word out. And when I think about all the different forums out there and, you know, every one of the the listeners listening here today has an opportunity to spread the word. You know, and is able to spread the word through the different forums, through the different groups, through WhatsApp groups that are out there, and that can be done for free. It's just word of mouth, yeah. You know, to to spread the movement, to let people know um, what what's available. I guess the 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 challenge is people understanding why and why bother, and I think there's a lot of that when it comes to diversity mental health well-being when you when, whenever there's a webinar for example if i started my masterminds saying i'm going to concentrate on well-being most people will switch off you know um, mm-hmm. they come to realize how important well-being is because you are your business same with you know diversity i remember um, a friend of mine, another Kate, a number of years ago, hosted, um, I think it was for the RICS, it was a, a forum roundtable session a number of years ago down in Netherhead. And she managed to get 14 people to sign up and two people turned up.
1: Oh, dear! Yeah. You know,
0: and the effort that goes into it, um, and it was, there were important discussions to be had and people just don't, just don't come, and so it's understanding or well, what would motivate them to what's the story see what I mean it's a really hard
1: i agree to get people
0: in i agree the um the construction leadership council produced
1: skills skills plan a couple of weeks ago, and we are putting together a response to it with the um yeah, the the proposal the plea the suggestion. Look at this also from a bottom-up perspective, because of the many organisations that can add huge amounts of value that you know, that that can do this. And that my point was that why why are business why do businesses choose to recruit diversely? So some do it because it's the right thing to do, and it's just they innately believe that. Some recognise they'll win more work by having a diverse workforce that brings more innovation. Um, It it certainly is required in um, public procurement frameworks. Um, Often the client says that thou shalt have apprentices or recruit more diversely, Um, and local authority planning obligations. It's it's all there. So there are drivers that make this happen. And the 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 model that building people has, I, I have this vision, if you imagine a spider's web, that through... You know, having no grasp of technology, I didn't know if this was possible, which is I think probably why I created building people because I didn't realize how hard it would be. But I thought well, it's quite simple. you know if we put a widget on your website, a widget on our, our website and they talk to one another, then they can share things. That's yeah you know, as simple as that. Of course, it isn't as simple as that. But if we look at the, if we look at three organizations. so CSTT works mostly with young people and the low speaking backgrounds focus on surveying. Diversity surveyors, again, surveying and uh, mostly with uh, Black, Asian, minority ethnic people, Building Heroes with an um, ex-military focus on the trains. Each of those three organisations have put one of the Building People buttons, as we call it, on their website. So it means that a BAME person browsing diversity surveyors could click on the Work Opportunities button, Be taken straight through to building people and see all of the work experience, apprenticeships, internships, jobs we have. So Hollis, um, as an example, they put vacancies on our site. They know that they're not adding it to a jobs board, but that vacancy is then being pushed. Right now, we know ex-military young people, BAME people. And what we're saying is if every one of the 35 members of our communities groups were to adopt that integrated model, then every 300, then it's a really just simple connection. And, you know, ideally it'd be really clever, whizzy digital tech, which is far beyond me at this point in time. But that's because we're a tiny startup with limited resources. If this were to be backed by industry, you know, that the money that's gone into Go construct the talent retention scheme, they all serve a purpose, but it's not joining all the parts together. So, I know there is a real interest in being more diverse. I think, particularly for SMEs and micros, it's how do we do it? You know, how do we recruit more women? Where, you know, where do we find them? What do we do? So we're seeing to provide that answer. And I think the big decision that we need to make within building people is: do we keep pushing and pushing to get the support from the top to enable us to achieve our vision? Do we say actually we built it? Let's really get this message out. Um, we started off with a focus on the surveying community, but it is for every professional every trade but you know every person listening to this were to post about it add some resource whether it's a case study or how to guide a a, a youtube conversation about careers all of this can be added to building people at no cost and then anybody can see it and then it drives traffic back so it's a great way to raise the profile of business in your own organization And, and i think just you know reflecting on this Tough week for various reasons, not least as yes, we're discussing before we went live, the, the cat going missing, was the most traumatic experience. And she has been found. We are okay. Uh, but it's um, I think with any business, you have to make the decision, do you go big or do you go home? And or, you know, is there middle ground? And my ambition is absolutely to go big, but at what point does that impact too much upon our own individual well-being? And mm. we say, let's open the door more widely. You know, it's it's always been open, but let's tell people what we're doing so building people mm. go there
0: now please and share 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 oh absolutely and you know just think as you were talking just thinking about it you know we in the surveyor hub we have people advertising positions they can i, I will post the link as uh, we do a monthly job jobs board so i will add building people onto that and i'll encourage people to go on and post their vacancies in there you know, or to get in touch and because really, if you want a more diverse workforce, you have to go out and look for them. One of the things that always happens around International Women's Day week, and I had it again mm-hmm. this year, I had about four or five people reach out to me to say, what's the percentage of women who are surveyors so that they can do a, you know, their annual post to say, oh, we're doing quite well. We've got, you know, 10% women or whatever. <laughs> Great, you know, but is that the only time you're doing anything about it? And people notice, people absolutely notice. You talk about this spider's web and this plan, and on paper, having all of these organisations and widgets aligned. And I can absolutely see that as an amazing vision. But it's almost quite mechanical. And actually, we're dealing with people. Yeah, And people aren't mechanical you know it's not linear problem solving here. It's trying to get people between organizations and groups to feel part of something, to be part of that movement. And it's really hard to to understand why people do what they do and make the decisions that they do and why they don't feel comfortable collaborating with with other organizations. I know a lot of these groups and boards have diversity representatives or are doing diversity and inclusion or um, reports and, and things like that about what's going on in the market but they really need to take a look at themselves and their own boards yeah. and you know, what the representation is like and are they looking to seek and collaborate with others you know and I think there's a lot of accountability that that needs to go on there but it's really hard when yeah. you're when you're dealing with people I think it is
1: I, I- you know, I've I've been surprised when some of the organizations were seeking to add value to you know to amplify their voices haven't really engaged. And, and I think the majority is because they've got a day job and you know that they, they run the, their organization initiative in their spare time. The funding is is hugely problematic. So we're all under-resourced and, and very, very stretched. But there is, I think it's maybe sort of innate within humans that there is sort of still an element of my idea i want this to succeed um and the message within building people is you know we're not i'm not saying that i'm the expert on edi i'm not saying that. i mean the one with the reach into i don't know the ex-offenders audience what i'm saying is we can create a space so one people come together and we have that that face-to-face communication we, you know, we are a community i'd say we are an all you know community very individual organizations that work with very disparate groups, but we come together to try and achieve those solutions. And the people that choose not to come together, that, that's always going to be their choice, which is why I do sometimes think, you know, I thought building people could actually grow and be you know, emulated and re- replicated. And ultimately it could be for all sectors across the UK. So you know that one place where you you know you could link it in with competency profiling and then be matched to certain opportunities. Um, but but I I, I suspect that's somewhat out of my out of my league, because there's there's there is so much we can do, and the challenge is is uh, it, it's I pay a membership fee for this particular profession, and my profession deals with my profession, and they, and in a lot of the professions there's crossovers. I mean, I'm no surveyor, but I know there's a crossover between surveying and project management. So how do they be in RICS? How do they work together? No, I don't know that. Um, I hope
0: they do. And it's yeah. I, do you know what do you know what they do at the top level? But it's good. how it then filters down. Mm. You know, it's it's how these organizations, you know, what the structure is, what the governance is, what the funding is, you know, what's the purpose of all these organizations aligning, throwing out the rule book of the old way of thinking and remembering the purpose for coming together. But then it's how does that filter down to the I always talk about the surveyor down in Margate on his own doing work. How does that person feel connected to everything else that's going on? It's the gap that we have to be really, um, yeah. to really think about the gap between what goes on in the decision-making and, and what's perceived at the, the top or globally, or you know in the UK, that gap all the way down to a surveyor so that they understand they feel part of. And, and what really what you've done in that creating the space, you've created opportunity you know it's encouraging people to to take up that opportunity i'm sure people listening will now go and scurry away and and have a look and find if not already more. yeah if if not already absolutely mm-hmm. um one of the things i wanted to to ask you about was uh, about setting up your own business so a lot of the surveyors that i that listen to the program and that i work with uh, you know a small one man bands or small smes who work for themselves and i find there's not a lot of difference in many ways between surveyors working for themselves and, and you or me, you know, tell me about your experience of, of working for yourselves. You, Cause you said at the start that you hadn't expected to do that. And I certainly hadn't, I'd never go yeah. back now, but tell me about your, your experience. of Yeah.
1: Working. And you're right. I mean, I absolutely hadn't planned to do that. So I was made redundant within about 10 days of returning from maternity leave. And I remember saying, you know, I've, I've just got my master's, I've got two young children, I, I, I can't just, what am I going to do? I will go nuts um, if I'm at home picking macaroni off the floor. And as much as I had this ideal of motherhood, so I, I thought my children would be able to read before they went to school, um, because I could, because my you know, my father taught, taught me. Uh, God, it's hard. You know, so I, I've I had this vision of motherhood that um, I, I I've done my best, but it's certainly so much harder. So I, I set up my business. It was called Circle Three Consulting because um, I just I, I kept coming back to construction, community connection, the visuals of the C's and the O's, and three circles. Consulting was already taken, so I set it up. And I'll be very honest. I, I thought I would just have a front until the boys went to school, and then I would go and get a proper job again. But then I realized the sanity, the validation, the happiness I got from having time for me, time for myself. So I absolutely loathed the part of the business that involved dealing with, you know, should I or shouldn't I be VAT registered and annual accounts and expenses. I didn't do any form of business planning. It was me and quite simply a, a job with a client, job finished next And this is before social media, luckily, so I didn't have the pressure of trying to add that one on board. And then when when Building People was set up, I put my business into hibernation. And it was a case of effectively a domain name, some IP, and then forming the business. And I did it with quite a heavy heart because I I don't like this, this, um, I suppose, this whole governance legal responsibility. I had a real shock when I gained a board. And I was actually pushed, you know, they pushed back on one of my plans. And I realised that I had to do this, you know, with the backing of others. It, it, the business would not have survived if uh, University College of Estate Management, UCM, hadn't offered it home. So that that was the only reason we survived. So it got to the end of 2017. And I went and I spoke. Bridget Bartlett, the phenomenal um, ex-CIOB, MD, president, um, genius, but she was chairing the event um, and it was the Construction and Built Environment Education Group. And I did my usual pitch. And I said, look at this page. I've got 60 logos, all these organisations that want to support. And I said to myself, this is the last time. I've got enough support now. I now need to decide if we formalise this and really drive it forwards. Um, and it's at that meeting that Alan Williams from UCM said, you know, come and talk to the principal. And, and what UCM offered building people was a home, you know, a, a space to incubate us, it offered me um, a salary and a permanent position. so I have the best of both worlds. I'm managing a startup but I have the security of a university backing me. but that can't continue indefinitely you know either either industry has to say we get it and they're back building people and we we come out and um, of, of UCM or we are a standalone entity which alarms me because of all the um you know that whole business side of things but you know we hire somebody that doesn't you know we hire a surveyor <laughs> that likes this sort of thing and they run with it. So I think my, my feeling is, I, you know, I don't feel that I'm destined to, to run a business because I don't particularly enjoy that. What I'm destined to do is to lead. And I don't want that to sound as arrogant as it did just sound. But for me, it's that really you know visualizing what the joined up opportunities can really look like, but crucially finding people to work with me. So people that like spreadsheets, people that like tweeting you know, people that want to do this. And this is what's slowly coalescing around building people and you all have had the same experience with mm. all of your initiatives that I think people are drawn to something that they can feel part of and we've currently got two volunteers who've come to us for two different very different reasons but both really wanting to, to drive change forwards and, and that's how it happens it doesn't come from a top-down mandated approach it comes from a really inclusive let's do it together but it has to be different types of people that can hold different parts of the business because i i yeah, I, I don't i don't pretend my strengths are budget planning project plans or frankly terrifying i don't know do you, do you like that sort of thing does that make you happy spreadsheets i've gotta assume it does
0: not not really no oh, i <laughs> I'm thought a, i'm not i'm not i'm not a qs i'm not <laughs> I what what makes me tick is the creativity side and mm. the bringing the bringing people together. But you know what you're describing is you know the who not how. you know finding finding yeah, who can who right. can help you with all of this. Not how can you do it. And I think there's a transition for anybody who's working for themselves and wants wants to expand. What we tend to think is we need to bring in more people and expand the business and you know, then we'll get more clients and get more money and da, da, da. And and we, we think about sort of collecting sort of numbers, but really when we think about who we need to bring in the business, we need to be smart. And that does come back to your, your business plan. I'm afraid to say Rebecca, of, 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 you know, what does a business plan look like for you and for the business? And often business plans are literally just about the numbers and people will think, well, I've earned a hundred thousand this year. So next year, Need to earn 120,000, but not really thinking about, well, what did I need to do to achieve that money? How was my time and energy spent? You know, what are the things that are important to me? And then what does success look like? Mm. You know, what does success look like? Does success look like earning the 120,000 or having the 120,000 people signed up? Or does it look like really good, meaningful connections, good work happening? And you get paid and the roof over your head is sorted, you know, what what does success look like? And when I look at business plans with people, yes, you know, we we look at numbers, but it's focusing on the things that matter to you in your life. And and I work with people in their life, not in the, just in their business, because I believe how you do one thing is how you do everything mostly. And so but putting things like your family and diversity. Commitments into your business plan. You know their their projects, their objectives, the things that you're you're working on. Uh, Time with your family are non non non-negotiables. You're bringing those things, your well-being, your health, bringing those things into your business plan help you see the success that you have in your life, and not just the numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah, agree. And I think it's also for me, it's been having
1: help to bring in the ambition to say, okay, we fully get this idea. And how are you, what are you going to do in six months to get there? And, and I have a quite a, an intuitive, intuitive approach. I just, you know, there's some funding here, grab it and develop this part of the platform and then slowly we get there, et cetera. And that isn't reassuring to potential supporters or funders because we are, mm. it's, it's not even the case of investors and wanting to return on their you know, investment. So I've, I've certainly needed help to you know, not boil the ocean. So let's focus on surveying. Let's just have surveying, surveyors using the platform. And we did that for a bit. Then we got the challenge of, well, we'd quite like to get involved, but you're a bit too surveying-focused. And so can you change your messaging? That'll broaden it out to others. And so now we've gone back to what well, anybody can use the platform. But I agree, it's that step-by-step. I've always, it's been really important to me to always, when I can, not work during the school holidays um, and you know, to be there for my family. I've realised then that actually I don't really tend to get much of a break because I did some um, Myers-Briggs, um, I don't know, sort of the personality mm this years ago when I was at Lendley's and I don't remember much about it but I remember it's um I recharge my batteries by having time on my own that's that is how I recharge and I thought gosh you know I'm, I'm trying to do a role it's all about changing one of the hardest industries to change I'm trying to do this by being very open and collaborative with absolutely everybody so I'm constantly having coffees or virtual coffees with new people and talking and selling and getting people engaged. Uh, and then and I'm sort of coming home to, to you know, turn your iPad off and stop playing Fortnite. And so there is, I absolutely agree, it's about really understanding the small steps to get to the big steps and doing it in a very holistic way. And, and I, I think I've learned my lesson the hard way about how to do this. And I think also being really open to office of help is absolutely crucial. I, um, I, I think we'll be, we'll be having many more coffees t- together, Harry and you and I.
0: Well, it sounds like doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> well, look, <laughs> well look rebecca it's been really good to talk to you today and to find out more about building people i will put all the links in the show notes and um look forward to speaking to you again soon it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much talk soon. thank you so thanks for listening to today's podcast i hope you enjoyed it i really do love hearing your feedback so please feel free to drop me a message you can email me at marion.ellis at blueboxpartners.com or you can find me on social media at marion surveyor.